In order to receive the blessing of God, you have to come to this one conclusion that God is good. If you're not recognizing the gift that he's given to you, then you're not coming to the true conclusion that God is good. To receive any of his blessings or his word, first you have to know that you can reach out to it. We, by nature, we don't reach out to anything that we think is dangerous. We're actually prone to shrink back from it. So to reach out and receive the gift of God, which is his son, his life for ours, And his life is eternal. To receive something eternal for something you know that is temporal. And something that sometimes you don't even value. Even when it's your own. Being your life. That to be able to receive this eternal gift from God. By faith inside of your heart and soul and being. In a manner that which transforms your life. And this gift is received by faith. By heart. By a soul. That has come to the conclusion that this is a good gift. And God must be give, Must be good. <laughs> to give such a gift of this magnitude, especially considering I have nothing to give in return, that he is truly God because only God can be so generous and yet be able to perform such a deed in a manner that he could give life eternal to those who don't deserve it, but yet give it willingly out of his own being exceeding even the greatest expectations of men, even angels, all of his hosts, that make us sons and daughters to his son. Also the offering for our sins, for our sins, for our willful rebellion against him and his word and his creation and his life that he's given us even at the time that we live in it. Whether we do good or bad, we're doing it all before him. We're doing it all before him. We're living our lives all before the living God. Whether you acknowledge him now or later, it doesn't matter. Your life is his and your life has always been his. There is nothing hidden from him. He's with every single one of us, every thought, every action, every deed, every conclusion to the conversation that we have within ourselves. He's almighty, and he's given us a gift.
And this gift is his son, his word, his promises, his promises to show us everlasting kindness for all eternity. And he gives this gift freely to all those that will hear his voice and listen to his word and believe in a God that is so good, that is so generous, that is so loving, that he has extended his promise, not just to the Jews, but also to all mankind, because he's God of all. And his word is true. This gospel will be preached to all the world, and then the end will come. Just like he said, this gospel of this gift of God given to all mankind and to all those who believe in this gift shall receive eternal life, eternal life given by God himself, delivered by God himself, raised up by God himself, confirmed by God himself, confirmed by his word, by his son, and by his witnesses, his apostles, his prophets. This gift is given to all mankind. And when this gospel is preached to all the earth, then the end will come. Because God is going to make sure that every man, every child, every woman hears about this great gift that he has given to all mankind. That whosoever believe in his son, Yeshua Hamasiah, his son, who came and died for our sins, shall have eternal life. Shall have eternal life. And when he comes again, for he is coming again to claim all those that held on to his word. And he's going to take us to his paradise. And we will be sons and daughters of God forever. For all eternity. Beholding his glory. Before his face forever. This is his promise. This is his promise, not man's. This is his gift, not man's. But Elohim's. This gift is always on the table. Every day the sun comes up and the stars are out at night, whether they're shining or not, as long as the earth remains, this gift, this gift is open to all those, all those that will reach out with faith and believe that God is so good that he's given his son, that all those that believe in him shall live, shall live forever. Forever and ever. They shall live forever. This word is true. This word is true. It just doesn't begin when you die. It begins when you believe and you die to the lies that you've been holding on to. Believe. Believe. Believe and be made alive. Believe. Believe. He's coming. He's coming, brothers and sisters. He's coming. It's time. It's time for 
his word to go forth because we're truly living in the last days. And I'm not saying last days because I want them to be the last days. I say the last days because it's obvious because God's word has described to us all the things that would transpire up until this very moment. I understand why people think that Christians are a little insane because there's plenty of people that call themselves Christians that actually don't even know what God's word actually says. They don't not only know what it says, but also know what it requires. And, you know, part of that was not on purpose, but definitely foreseen. God's word has told us all the things that would transpire through time before his coming and his return and the beginning of this world all the way to the end. All of God's word is true. And somehow men have decided to choose if they want to believe it or not, which always has been their right at some point in time. Though in the beginning they chose to ignore the obvious because they weren't deceived. Many people are deceived by the information that they receive which is false or the misrepresentation of people that say they have knowledge and actually don't. But the main reason why people do not see or have the right information because they chose to ignore God's word for themselves. God has spoken to us all. He has spoken to the whole world. He came in the flesh himself. Jesus Christ, yes, he is God in the flesh. And most of the whole world have heard of him. Yeshua HaMessiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He has declared who he is. The whole world was running to him. Time started over. No longer were they counting their different calendars all across the world, but they were counting the day he left with anticipation of his return. The whole world ran to Yeshua. They weren't running from him. They saw his glory. And they wrote down their testimony of the things they saw with their own eyes. And here they give us these words and they inspire us to believe in not only his existence, but all the blessings that he said that he would give to us. They were testifying to the fact that they had received them. 
Yes, many people have heard, yes, Christ died for your sins, but he just didn't die for your sins. He rose again for your justification so that you would be a partaker of his divine nature, that he would pour out his spirit on you and that you would become a son and daughter of God forevermore. These are supernatural promises. These are promises almost unimaginable. If he didn't tell us about them, nobody would even guess that God would be so generous. If he didn't come himself and display his love for us by dying on the cross for our sins and then coming again and rising his body up from the dead, raising it up. Now, these things that I believe and these things that I speak about they are absolutely miracles. They're nothing that men see naturally on earth. These are miraculous signs and wonders that God performed while he was on the earth. And these people that have held the oracles of God, not only the ones that speak about Jesus, but also the prophets of the past that predicted all the things that would transpire to Israel before his actually birth. We have the records. We have the history charts. The Bible is not dead. It's not a book of the past. It's the book of the past and the future. It's all right there. We're living on its pages right now. The difference is those that actually read it and believe it and those that choose to ignore it. It's right in front of us. All we have is a choice to believe, is God this good? Is this an opportunity to save us from the destruction? Is God trying to speak to us or not? Those that believe, we know his return is imminent. Those who question it, they don't even understand. This is an opportunity to be reconciled unto God, the one that gave us this very life that you're living that put you in the flesh that you find yourself in. The very one that gave you this opportunity to experience this earth. Yes, I understand that we have not all done things that are right in our flesh. That's why he died for our sins. That's why he died for us. We're eternal beings. We are spirit beings. Without our bodies, these spirits have nothing to dwell inside. That's why everybody tries to preserve their bodies to the best of their ability. The difference is too many people have their identity in their flesh. These things are just vessels that we're inside of. Christ proved it and he showed us this to be true. See, he died for the deeds that we did in our flesh, even though he didn't deserve to die so that we would live forevermore in the spirit for him no longer living to the deeds and the lust of our flesh but living unto the spirit unto his will the spirit is good he's always good it doesn't do things that are unnecessary or try to hurt people for things that are temporal those things are deeds of the flesh the spirit is eternal God's word is spirit.
and the gift from God is eternal life for your spirit to live for eternity with God. He already talked about that we would have a different body, a different vessel that we would dwell in, one that's incorruptible, that wouldn't be willing to compromise his word and his righteousness for temporal gain. One that's not going to backslide, one that's not going to question, one that's not going to hurt all his other creations. Try to lift itself up above its very own being. These are the promises that we get from God. This is the promise that we get from our king himself. He came to the earth and declared that these are the gifts that he's offering to mankind. Eternal life. Sonship, daughtership, priesthood, royalty unto him for all eternity. For all those that believe in his work. In his work. In his work. Not work by men, but his work. Not the will of men, but the will of God. Because God is love. And this offering goes unto all men. It's not based upon anybody's works, but his own. Anybody's idea, but his own. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Who gives their son? A son that they love, a perfect son. Any fathers out there know that they wouldn't give any of their children, definitely not to their enemies, to be abused. But God loves. It exceeds our love. It's so much greater than our love. His love is greater than our hurts and greater than any pains that would make us refuse to be generous. He's not talking about us. He's talking about himself. And he's not talking about something that he thought about doing. He's talking about something that he already did for us. This is a gift from God. It exceeds man's love because God's love exceeds man's love. And this gift is to all who will receive this free gift. Not basing it upon anything they've done, but just the opposite. Basing it upon that the one that has given us this life, he's such a great creator. He understands the pains of this world and the things that have gone wrong and the things that we've done wrong. And he is so merciful and he is so gracious that he is willing to pay the price for the things that we couldn't do in order to give us eternal life. Not just a temporal one, but a one that never fails and that never backs away from him and that is always be before him. One that takes away all the things that this one is inadequate to help us and to keep us from hurting in. He blesses us with his word and promises that he's going to try every tear. This is the gospel. This is the promise to all those that will believe in his love and what he did on the cross for them. This is the greatest news. It's not just the greatest news because it's the greatest truth. 
the one who has given us this news died on the cross, but also in three days came back and raised up the body that was slain. He who promised is able to perform what he has promised to us. But he says, will he find faith on the earth when he returns? Will people actually hold on and believe his words? I didn't say it. His word is declared that he says, will I find faith? And even us right now that are waiting on his return, clinging to all of his words. I know I stand amazed sometimes how many few of my brothers and sisters actually believe all of his words. Hopefully the things that are bringing other people confusion, the Lord will use to bring us back to our senses. God will have his pleasure on the earth. It will be his word that will be performed. Nothing else, nothing less. All those that have put our trust in him, we have nothing but great things ahead of us. And I just call out to those that haven't put their trust in him. Because this is an opportunity for you every day to turn your heart to Jesus, to give your heart to the Father, the one who loves you and has created you and has called you to himself before you were even born. The price was paid before you even got here. So many people were waiting for that cost to be paid. Here you enter into the place where it's already paid for. All you have to do is believe and reach out to him with your heart and with your soul and ask him for forgiveness and turn from those lies that once guided you. Your identity no longer being in the flesh but in the spirit because Jesus just did not die, that your sins would be forgiven, that he would baptize you with his spirit and his spirit would come inside of you and make you a new being. Through the rest of your life, you would be transformed by Him, refreshed by Him, strengthened by Him, taught by Him, corrected by Him, loved by Him, cared for Him, cared by Him for you. God's real, He's physical. He's not a figment of your imagination, He's physical. He will drive out all those demons. He will drive out all those fearful thoughts and anxieties. When you put your trust in him, make him your Lord, make him your king. And he will be your king, he will be your Lord, he will be the best king, for he is the king of king and Lord of lords. I'm just a witness to all of the good things that he's done for me. I'm not speaking for anyone else. I just speak for all the great and good things that he's done for me. 
I testify that he's good and that he is faithful even when I wasn't he remained faithful through all my trials all my shortcomings all the victories he's the one that's given them to me and I'll tell you the truth all the greatest victories that I have had in Christ have been the victories that when I've come to the conclusion to believe his word over the lies that once bound me in the past there were plenty of different lies that you can hold on to that keep you tied to something that steals from you emotionally, physically, daily only his words truly set you free when you actually believe his word over the lies there's nothing but liberty so I just encourage all those that have joined me this day in this service, a service, a conversation. Let's pray prayer. And this prayer is not to secure, but if you don't know Jesus, can secure if it's a prayer of faith. And what I mean by faith, if you truly ask God from within your spirit, within your soul and your being, to forgive you of your sins and ask that because of what Christ did on the cross that he would forgive you and that you believe in his blood and his life that he not only lived for you but died for you that you might have eternal life and be forgiven that the Lord would hear that prayer and he would place his spirit and his seal inside of you and he would confirm to you that you are now forgiven and have been promised eternal life by faith in his life. Now, that's the prayer of salvation. Putting all your hope in the perfection of Christ and his willingness to lay his life down for you and receiving the free gift of eternal life by faith in his work and his love for you. Jesus Christ, the love of God, in the flesh expressed to all mankind his offering his love let us pray together let us ask for Jesus to come into our hearts and be king be lord father we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. And we ask that you would forgive us of our sins according to your word, that by his stripes that we would be healed by his bruises, Lord, by his suffering, Lord, that we would have your peace And our peace would be based upon the fact that you have received us as children, as cleansed before you, that we could stand before you, cleansed, made righteous by his blood, by his life laid down for us. 
like knowing this, that this was your will, Father, that you would display your love in such a manner that we could receive it just by faith, by recognizing that you are this awesome, that we might become sons and daughters of yours. So we just receive it right now, and we just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our Lord and our Savior, that you died on the cross for us, and on the third day you rose again. You rose again, my King, and you called us to yourself. Here we are, my King, and we receive your life, your blood, and ask that you transform our hearts. Fill us with your Spirit. Let us be a witness to your love and your kindness, Lord. Let it flow through us, Lord. Deliver us from all our fears. Write our names in your book of life, my King. Show us your will, the things that you've called us to do. Release us of the burdens and the lies that once bound us. Go before us, Father. We thank you, Father, that you release your spirit, baptizing your fire, my King. Let us know your love. Let it purify our hearts. Until only your word remains, to only your name is exalted on earth. We give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you ask Jesus Christ in your life and you meant it with sincerity, the Lord will speak to you. His Spirit will guide you. Begin to read His Word and believe it all. And if you have a question, ask Him. He will answer it. For the Lord has clearly said that for he who seeks, he will find. He hasn't hidden anything from anybody. He's spoken everything openly to everybody. But it's your job to seek out the truth, to seek his word for yourself, and then walk in it. Then walk in it. Amen. God bless my brothers and sisters. Many people are confused today. There's so much confusion going on around in the world. And it's not because it's not obvious of what's going on. Men are confused because they have chosen to believe the doctrines of men over the word of God. God's word not only speaks of what's going to happen, but when it will happen and when it will occur. He did not only document when things would occur until his return, but even beyond, through the millennium. His word declares the past, the present, the future, the eternal things that are to come and that are now. 
many people say that God's word is insignificant for it doesn't speak of the times we live in. Anyone who says such things, they obviously never were read the word of God. Or what they think is the word of God isn't God's word at all. Because God's word is not only predicted the things in our history, but is also predicting the things that are occurring daily in our lives. But men are blind. Men are blind. Men are blind because they've blinded their hearts because they chose to believe in lies instead of what they see right in front of them. Just like the Pharisees and Sadducees. When Jesus would heal someone right in front of them, they would ask in the next breath, show us a miracle. As if someone who could speak and open someone's eyes or cast out a demon. The miracles were right in front of them, but yet they were saying, show us a sign. They were blinded by their own wisdom and their own anticipation of the things that they lied and hoped for weren't the truth. So we are today. Well, most people, not all. Just like Jesus said, the time in the end that broad would be the way to destruction and few would find the narrow way that leads to life. His word isn't going to change because people wanted to. His word has already told us what time it is and how many people would actually believe his word instead of take the broad way of everybody else's opinion. And how many men and women would conduct their lives based upon his word and his promise with hopes that he is able and will perform the things that he promised which are eternal things and that we wouldn't compromise our lives or the grace that's been given to us by his blood, but that we would live in a way that honored him by showing the same grace and mercy to others that we receive, recognizing that it's through his body that we live. And by his word do we stand, that we've put all confidence in what he has declared, that he is God Almighty and we believe that he also is raised from the dead and has the power over death and life. That he has the authority over the heavens and the earth, that through his body and through his work on this earth, that he is God Almighty and he has all authority. If he's not El Shaddai to you, I understand. I understand why you feel confused. Because unless you believe his word, you are blind. It's not that someone would agree with me. 
is that we all would agree with him. I haven't written one word in the Bible. I just believe it all. It was already here when I got here. Everyone that's listening to me, it was here before you were here as well. No one can take credit for not one letter in there, not one writing in there, not one work. It was already here for us. It's in believing your eyes are opened up. Not in reading, but believing. The Lord has clearly told us how we receive his word is by believing his word, not questioning it. And recognizing the opportunity of eternal life that he's given everyone. And how beautiful and generous, generous God is. How loving and gracious and kind he is. He demonstrated it in the flesh. He demonstrated it when he raised himself from the dead. I believe his word and his testimony. And I am a witness to the grace that he has given unto men. I am a witness of his spirit being indwelled inside of a being that didn't deserve the blood in his veins. But through his grace gave me his spirit and made me a son. And he'll make you a son or daughter as well. If you put your trust in his life and receive his gift, you will live forever. You will be made eternal. You will remember, you will receive his promise of his spirit, of his baptism, of the hope that he has given all mankind without money, without pay, without discrimination to every man, woman, and child. Everyone can receive this gift freely if they can believe in the work and the love that our God is so generous that he would give his son that we would live through his life and have a promise of eternal hope of love and peace and joy and happiness. Our king told us, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you humble yourself like a child. You see, a child believes what his father's telling him. But see, this gospel isn't no fairy tale. This is a real promise. Eternal life, eternal peace to be with God Almighty himself to be a son, to be a daughter of God by his grace and by his work and by his offering. That this is a gift for all mankind. This is not no fairy tale. This is real. This is real. Every day is an opportunity to turn to turn to Almighty God, to be healed, 
to be delivered from all the emotional and mental bondages and lies that bind you. That cause you so much confusion and pain. To be liberated in his love and his light and through his word. Be transformed and renewed and be set free. From all the things that steal the joy of this world from you. To be set free completely by his love and by his word. By his work that's already been done. If you receive and believe it, you can be set free today from any bondage, any care, any strife in your heart. It can't hold on to you if you can hold on to his word. You reach out to his word with your heart, just like a child would believe. Just like a child would believe that this promise is real. You reach out with your heart, his word, and he'll reach out and he'll deliver you. He'll save you. He'll give you eternal life. He'll fill you with his spirit. I'm a witness to all these things. He'll dream, give you dreams and show you visions. I'm a witness to these things. He'll show up in your life. Draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And you too will become a witness of his grace and his love. Perry garments, my brothers and sisters. Our king is coming. And if he tarries, it's just a more time, more opportunities to share his love with the world. To help, to serve, to do the things that he does every day. Bless you. Let's enter his rest. Let's set aside all the weights of this world. Let's believe. Let all our emotions be placed on his word circumstances or other people's words. Let us open up the imaginations of our hearts like a child. And read his word for what it is. It's the truth. 
the way, the light, the future, the now, the past, the present, the forever. Let's enter his rest. Let us trade in our anxiety, confusion, worries, fears, and receive his word, his comfort, his kindness, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, his love, his faithfulness, his strength, his Let us rely on his word, his light, to guide us, to lead us, to speak through us, to move our hands, our hearts, draw our attention. Let our heads look upward, awaiting his promises which are with him. He is the promise, his return. Let us believe. Let us believe that he knows us by name and he has called us. God's rest is a door. It's open, wide open. For all who believe and grab a hold of His hand. sober. To be sober. What does it really mean to be sober? I know. drunk before. Sometimes I was a bad drunk and sometimes I was just drunk but I knew how to get back home. But even when I've been sober physically, I've been 
drunk in anger. I've been drunk in lust. I've been drunk in misery. Drunk in sorrow. Drunk in love. So what does it mean when the Lord says, be sober? To be sober, to not be drinking on the things that contradict God's word. There's so many things that we can be intoxicated with in our own mind, our own lust, our own desires, our own will. And even though we desire these things and we chase after these things in a drunken stupor sometimes, whether we even say, oh, we're in love or this is my purpose for living. We can be drunk in many things, but if we're not drunk in the things of God, then we're truly drunk. Then we're not sober at all. Because the truth of the matter is that the only thing that is going to come to pass in anyone's life is God's will. I know sometimes people feel like they're creating their world or they feel like that the world depends upon them or it won't take form or shape. People don't believe God's word because they want to believe that they're still in charge of Instead of looking at his word and realizing that they're part of his word and his world. And he's not a part of theirs, but they're in his book. You see, whether you believe God's word or not, you're inside the word because it speaks of non-believers as well as believers. And what they'll be doing and saying and thinking at the time of his return. So if there is a word that I think that is most appropriate today would be, yes, be sober. Be sober in mind because of all the lies that are out here and all the things that people believe that contradict God's word and they're so confident that these things are going to come to pass and they have nothing to do with God's word and not recognizing the very life that they're living and the time that they live in are the things that he spoke about that would be going on before his return. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing at the same time people hear about it and they say, yes, they've been saying that forever. And yes, there it is again in his word. They would be saying that again when he does return. Be sober, my brothers. Be sober, my sisters. God's word is true. You can make a future for yourself in your mind all you want. But if it contradicts God's word in the times that he has spoken will come and need to come to pass, no matter how lovely the picture you think you can paint in your mind, and you can change the tapestry of God's will. It's like Peter thinking that he can change the tapestry of the 
frogs. Christ will be glorified in all these things as his word is performed on the earth. And the world will know that his word is supreme and is what's being fulfilled on the earth. Not men's will, not the will of false prophets. And everything's going to go down just like he said, as it's going down right now. The only confusion is for those that aren't looking at his word and believing it. If you read his word, it's very simple. We are in the last days. Christ's return is imminent. Now, you can go on and keep drinking the lies that are on the media, your own opinion and everything that everybody else is saying but God's word. That's your choice. There were ten virgins. Ten of them. Ten of them said they knew Christ. Only five of them were ready. Five. Five out of ten. That's half. So the chances are that half the people that say they know Jesus Christ will be ready when he comes and half won't. Be sober, be soberly minded, and read his word, believe his word, choose his word over your own, over your parents. Choose his word, Christ's return is imminent. sober, it's a beautiful thing. When it's lived in the context that it's given. Soberly minded. Not drinking off of the things that are so self-destructive. As a man thinks, so he is. What do you think about yourself? Is it what God has said or is it what men have said? Are you drunk in sorrow? Are you drunk in pain, in misery? Sober up. Christ is a springing well of life. His words will heal you. He will heal your suffering. He will heal you. If you drink his words and believe it, you will be set free from all the bondages and the lies that hold you from experiencing life. You see, oftentimes our emotions are entangled in our thoughts. Without the thoughts, the emotions wouldn't be so painful. Christ, he gives us beautiful thoughts.
to untangle those emotions, to overwhelm the bad ones. He gives us healing. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us grace. He gives us justice. He gives us mercy. His words heal our hearts, our souls, for his thoughts are all good because he's so loving and kind. His thoughts sober us up from the pain and the drunkenness of agony of rejection. His thoughts bring us home, bring us close to him. Bring us into his presence, into his beauty, into his holiness. They make us connected to his world and open our eyes to the reality of his presence and that our lives are not just subjects that just need to be continually put in pain by emotions and thoughts by events that come across our way that even maybe we inflict upon ourselves but yet his grace untangles our thoughts and gives us thoughts of hope and kindness and mercy and grace that soothe the emotions that felt abandoned and not understood. Christ reaches down with his word and heals us. He speaks kindly to us and picks us up on our feet and shows us a new way, a living way, a way where words and thoughts are life-giving sources of water to your soul and you become a witness to his words and his life that's in his words as your soul begins to grow and you live soberly soberly awaiting his return knowing that it's his very words that have brought life to you and the hope those words have put inside of you keep you filled James looking for him and recognizing the brothers and sisters that he's put around you and that the creation that you see is all done by his hands and an introduction to his return. And all the people are a reflection of him, souls and beings that are also given this opportunity of life to recognize his handiwork, not just in yourself, but even in them. Be sober, be sober-minded and see his word and recognizing the truth that the world that we live in is his. This is an introduction to eternity. What a beautiful introduction of life, of suffering, love, of mercy and grace, of forgiveness and kindness patience and gentleness of mercy and grace continued even 2,000 years past his death and resurrection. The continuation of this gift that it would spread to all men and that no one would be left out and everybody would have the opportunity to receive such a gift. That God wouldn't be in a rush but here we come to the end. Be sober with the gospel of Christ. It's a blessing.
of something. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful gift of God. It's not just a song. It's a reality. It's an opportunity for all mankind. For all mankind to receive such a beautiful gift of life. Life eternal. And wake up to the world that he's placed us in. That our eyes would wake up to the light and the love of our creator. Who has called us to himself and has done such wonderful things here on this earth and has given us such beautiful promises to look forward to that even our minds can't even picture all the beautiful promises that he's promised us because only our spirits can dream such dreams that don't fit with the world and the pictures that we see right in our own eyes. He lifts us higher with things that only our imagination can take us to. But yet our spirits can believe and reach forward and be excited about it, especially from the one who died and rose again. Be sober, but be drunk on his promises. Be sober, but be drunk on his promises, because his promises are true. Be drunk on his hope, because he's the one that's coming, and our hope is joy. Because we put our hope in his love and his kindness and his word. If you put your hope in his love and his son, then your hope is assured. Your hope will not fail you. Your hope is sure. You can place all your emotions on his word and you can let him soar you right to the top. The more hope you put in his word, the faster you'll climb. Right out of the dungeons of your pain, put your hope in his love and trust that he is there for you. And that his word is true and that he does deliver and that he loves all those and saves all those that call on his name because he is able to save and he's willing to save and he saves every day. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. All you have to do is call on him and trust on him and put your hope and your emotions and your trust in his word that he's spoken. And you will be elevated with him. And you will be seated in high places. And you too will have a seat on his throne as he has promised. You too will be called son or daughter. He already knows you by name. He hears you. He sees you. He's with you. You're in his space. He's not in yours. You're on his plan. He's holding the planet up. You're not holding it up. He surrounds you. You don't surround him. He's omnipotent. Almighty. El Shaddai. Yahweh. Yeshua Hamasiah. The Eternal One. These are the things that he clearly has spoken to us and declared who he is. Do you believe it? Will we have found 
faith on the earth when he comes back? Do you believe? Jesus Christ is Lord. It's all true. It's all true. It's all true. Five fifty-two a.m. You know, it's in these moments where the Lord really uh, does some of His most transformative work in me. I just thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. I ask you, Father, that with your spirit this morning, that you would leave me in awe of you with thought, in awe of you in spirit and soul and being, that my mind is transformed. only you remain, that Father, by your Spirit, you would reveal to me the truth of your glory and your awe and splendor. There is nothing out of tune. You are the perfect clockmaker. All things are going exactly as you have spoken. All systems are running smoothly. The system can't run smoothly 
until you speak the word. When your word is spoken, it's perfect. This world proves there's an enemy among us. Because we are constantly reminding of the imperfection, not just in our world, but in us. The whole world says, how can there be a God who's perfect and allow such carnage and such pain and suffering to continue or even to exist? Proof again. The imperfection and the disgust that comes from it is the proof that there is such a God. How can the creation think of something greater than the world that it finds itself in? We would be the most broken creation of all to be the creation that complains about how it finds itself. That's like a reindeer having an argument with the goat saying he wished that he got fed every day and didn't have to go forage. That would be the most sick reindeer of all. The question doesn't come from us. It comes from the outside in. Because God is constantly reaching out to us with his word, calling us up, calling us to look up, to recognize the darkness that we find ourselves in. The darkness that we find ourselves in because we're born in it. The one thing we are unaware of when we're born is how dangerous the world is that we were just born into. We can see this scenario play out in wilderness shows all the time when we see that fawn born out in the wilderness and we know the bears around the corner. Everybody's heart beat as the bear just misses the fawn, as if it just misses it by accident. God's grace is all around us and we see it and we see the dangers and we are aware of the pain they can cause. But God has opened our eyes to that pain and endured it for us that he too can see the brokenness of this world and get our attention and open up the door and bring us to a place of life, a place of promise where we can see that there is an enemy that has blinded men and that enemy is called sin and that sin is inside of us all because all our flesh desires sin because it covers up God and allows us to live a life that is totally sinful and desirable and flesh flesh driven and we pretend that God is not even living and that sin hardens our heart to the truth. This is his world. We just got here. And we know because of this imperfection of sin that this place is temporal for us to be here. 
We all long to keep going, but we don't even know because most people don't even believe God's word of eternal life, but we all desire it. And as if, and as if, someone who offers eternal life is saying something bad to a being that knows his time is limited. Hmm. We're in that time. We're also in that time where men call good evil and evil good. And they live by it. Men say words that they don't even live by. Their actions are opposite of their words and people still continue. Let them lead them. Or just don't call them a liar, which they are even though they lie right to your face over and over again. They say one thing and they do another thing. They say one thing and they do another thing. They say one thing and they do another thing. Politicians, presidents. It's not a political speech, it's just a reality. This is the world that we live in. But this world is coming to an end. You see, a God of perfection wouldn't allow something so imperfected as this world to continue forever. It has an expiration date. And he, being the perfect God that he is, has distributed his word all around the world to all the beings in every language that they too might be relieved that this perfect God that they're seeking does exist, does exist. And the only reason he's allowed this evil to continue for this long is because he wanted you to hear the offering that is given to you, even those, all those that live on the earth, that they could have eternal life and they can come into his perfection, that they can have this perfect life of joy and peace and eternal life forever. And this promise has come through his son. God has declared his word to all mankind and the invitation has gone all to all, all who hunger and thirst for a better world, for a true world, for a world that isn't phony. There's so many people out there right now that think to themselves, what is this world coming to? You don't have to wonder the Lord has already declared in his word what is coming to. But it's not about what this world is coming to. It's about the offering that he's given us. The hope that we can be part of an eternal world that is full of his peace. Where his glory is revealed. Where everything that he created, it lives forever. It does not die. The idea that something die is an illusion. Everything lives forever. God holds everything accountable to himself. He's an eternal God. He is perfect. Everything that he's created is eternal. He doesn't make a mistake. If he makes it, he doesn't scratch it and throw it to the side. He doesn't disregard it because he is perfect. Everything he makes is eternal. You got to wrap your mind around it. Everything he makes is eternal.
everything he makes is eternal. He's perfect. If you don't like it, it's because of sin. If you don't like it, it's because of corruption. His word explains this. If you don't like it, it's because your heart is hard. You like darkness. If you don't like it, it's because you're rebelling against God's word. God's word is perfect. His life is perfect. He's perfect. There was no accusation against Jesus because God is perfect. He's perfect. There was no accusation against Jesus because God is perfect. God is innocent. Of all the crimes that you accuse him of, he's innocent. And all the crimes that he accused you of, you are guilty. But God, he's merciful. Elohim is merciful. And his mercy is perfect. His mercy is eternal. He doesn't give and take his mercy back. He gives his mercy forever. His mercy endures forever. God is perfect. God is love. His love is not temporary. It doesn't come and go. As you get older and you put on some weight, his love doesn't come and go. As you're not strong as you used to be, his love doesn't come and go. His love is perfect. His love is eternal. He doesn't take it back. His love endures forever. God is kind. God is kind. His kindness is forever. It's not temporal. It's forever. His kindness is forever. He's always kind. With his loving kindness, he leads you to repentance. Because God is good. He's the only one that's good. You hear? Elohim is good. His goodness is eternal. When you do good, you're disagreeing with him. That wasn't your idea. It was his. You disagreed with him. Doesn't it feel good to serve him? Doesn't it feel good to eat the fruits that he has given us to eat? Doesn't it feel good to love people? Doesn't it feel good to serve people that you care about? Doesn't it feel good to help people that are struggling? These are fruits of God. God's eternally good. He's eternally kind. Where you see kindness, you see him. Where you see love, you see him. Where you see faithfulness, you see him. And anyone that joins in these attributes of life are joining in with what God has called us to. 
because he's perfect. These are the things we like to see more of. We don't want to see our loved ones die. We don't want to see the good ones go away. The strong ones become weak. God is perfect. He's strong forever. He's forever strong. Those that live on his strength live forever in his strength. They live with him because they live with him now. They forever live with his strength and they're strengthened forevermore. Then they get the full dose of strength. Now they live with him. God is good. God is good. He's perfect. He's perfect. He's perfect. And his word is being performed perfectly right now. As he's destroying all the lies. All the lies that bind you. All the lies that bind this earth that keep them in darkness, that hide his glory. His glory will not be hidden much longer. His glory is constantly being broken out all in all, every day all around us, because his word is being performed. The darkness is being confined. It's being limited. It's being exposed. The pressure's on. Everything's being shaken. Everything will be shaken. Because his word said it will be. For God is perfect. His word declares what will happen before it happens. Because he's God. He's Elohim. You know. It really is never a problem. Because when there's an explanation. There really is no problem. It's just. What part of the reel are you on? Did you come in the middle of the film? <laughs> or maybe you're just like the Lord said, you're coming into the field at the end of the game. There's only minutes left. People have been working in this field and laboring in it for years, and you're just waking up to the reality that it's time to work in his field. The king is coming. It's time to work in the field of love, of service. It's time to work in the field of kindness. It's time to work in the field of goodness. It's the time of work in the field of good intentions. It's the time to work in the field of holiness. It's the time to work in the field of love. It's time to work in the field of peace. It's time to draw your waters from him, from his wells, from his life, from his being, from his perfection, from the things that are going to live for eternity. You see, the evil is coming to an end, so if you're fond of it, it's about to end. If you're fond of dark spots, it's about to end. If you're fond of evil, it's about to end. And all those who are practicing such things, they will be bound by that evil or that thing forever, because God is perfect. Because he's perfect. He's going to give you what you want. If you want perfection, it's in him. If you want evil, you'll have it. You'll have it forever. Because God is eternal. He's sealing things forever right now. He's sealing things forever right now. He's sealing his children. 
He's sealing those who he has called. He's calling out to his sheep. His sheep hear his voice. They're not following men. They're following his voice, his word, which is perfect. His word is perfect. Yeshua is perfect. He is perfect. He's perfect. Thank you, Father, for your love, for your word, that through your love that we could come to see your face. Seeing your face, Father, that we would come alive. To be a witness to your glory. This morning, I'd like to talk about our King's words and how they make us free. You see, when we believe God's word, we're truly free because his word is true. Most people's reality is based upon what men have taught them, the propaganda of their country, the teaching of their fathers. But the only true teaching that ever was spoken was spoken through God himself, through his prophets, through his people, and most of all through his son, Yeshua HaMasih. He's spoken his word and he's told us the truth about all things. All things that were and are and will be. And yet men think it's a debate. When you wake up to the reality that God's word is true. Then you can walk in it. You can walk in a reality that. He's given us instruction on how we ought to live. For all those who are in Christ, he said, if we abide in him and his word abides in us, then 
will see. Then we'll understand. Then we'll grow. God has set our coordinates towards Him. We are spirit beings introduced to His presence. He's put us in these capsules so that we can get our course straight and recognize why we're here. We're eternal beings created in His image. We're spirit beings. We will live forever. His word is setting our coordinates towards Him so we don't spiral out of control in His presence. We're always in His presence. If we weren't in His presence, we wouldn't live. Where life is, He is. He is life, and He's love. He's everything that's good about this presence that we find ourselves in. We are in these vessels called flesh. Look at the world. We're all floating in His presence. The only way you can get your course straight is if you believe His word. You gotta set your corner straight, straight towards Him. Then you find your way in His glorious presence. I was thinking about it today. It's like, what is life that makes life special? It's just being alive. It's just being alive. Some places are better than others. Some places are more beautiful than others. But it's just being alive. I just like being alive. I wasn't alive. 50 plus years ago but here I am alive some people are at the end of that gate and they're all worried and sorry about the life they lived in the past and scared about crossing over listen you don't die you don't die and if you receive his word you have a promise that you get to be in his presence forever just like you're in his presence right now you get to be closer to him you're more alive than you ever will be because you won't be limited by this flesh. Your coordinates are set towards Him. You're going to be alive forever. Have you not read His word? We are eternal beings. We are eternal. You're going to live forever. You'll never see death. That's only the sentence of the flesh. You are a spiritual being. You are alive. His word has made us alive. We don't have to live like this is the only one. Our king has described and he has shown it to us. This is not the only one. This is not the only life. This is just the beginning. You don't have to be so scared. You don't have to be so scared.
is happening just like he said it would. You don't have to be scared. You're eternal. You're an eternal being. Everything counts. And you don't have to be scared. He's taking care of it at the cross. And all those that have put their trust in his words. You don't have to be scared. And if you're scared, put your trust in his word. Set your course straight. You don't have to spiral out of control in this. This space of his. This wonderful space of his. You don't have to spiral out of control. Set your course towards Jesus. Let him set your course. He's already given us the coordinates. Abide in him. Abide in his word. Let him set your course. Father, I just thank you, my king. I thank you for your word. Set the course of all my brothers and sisters. All my brothers and sisters that hear your word and abide in you. As you have called us brothers. Yes, we are. For we hear your voice, Father. We hear your words and we receive and we set our course. We fix our eyes on Yeshua HaMaziah. We set our eyes on Christ, our King's return. We set our eyes. We set our course. And we will abide in you. And we will abide in your word. We will believe and we will live like we believe your word. For your word is true. And you, has, you have freed us from all the lies that try to bind us and set our course to this earth. I just thank you, Father. Thank you for setting our course, setting our course towards you, towards you. Set the course of my brothers and sisters all around the world, of my mothers and fathers, of my grandparents, Father, for all those who have placed your word as the coordinates of their hearts, Father. Set our course towards home. Set our course towards you, my King. Set our eyes, set our hearts, set our coordinates towards home. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Yeshua's name. Thank you, Father. I've 
decided to ignore like insults and complaints from other people and pay more attention to the promises of God of God that he has said that are sure to come for those who are believing for them it's changed my life it's not that it's just changed my life and finding out that it was always his plan that I would come to this knowledge and that not only me but everybody would come to the knowledge of his son because this whole world is just a precursor of the world that is to come yes a world that is to come I didn't know that either I didn't know it was a sure bet I hoped that this wasn't all there was to live for or die for and that after so many years here it just went all black I thought about that even when I was a kid I didn't want the world to end not on my watch but I knew that all things came to an end at that age too but to find out that there really is eternal life and there is a God in heaven that actually came down here and gave us his word and walked among us and saved our lives from the destruction that was imminent to come and give us a hope of a promise that is sure to be here soon, even soon, maybe even today. Why does it offend people what other people think? Especially if what they think frees them from the lies and the bondages that are all out here, the bondage that's all out here. The lying bondages that people call tradition are just completely ridiculous. A tradition of hate, oh, we don't like him because the color of his skin or what his grandpa was like. That's absolutely ridiculous. And men fumble over these things and say this is just the way it was or these are traditions and there's nothing right about it and even a child can see that. At any age, it doesn't take a traditional child to realize that it's wrong. Any child of any generation, you show them wrong or they see wrong, they see it. You can see the expression on their face. No one has to teach them anything. It's inherited in us. But you, you, we, if we suppress this truth continually in our hearts and minds, It's only through him that I'm able to see because if it wasn't for his blood, I'd still be dead in my sin. And my sin would have me incaptivated by my shame. And my shame would never allow me to feel the love that God has for me and has given me.
feeling or the experiences of his word, the anticipation of what's to come. He's giving me everything right now. It just depends on what I want to focus on at that moment. But his hope, his light is always there to focus on and his spirit's always there to encourage me and remind me of this truth is near. It's closer than you think. So I'm so thankful for all that he does for me dearly. Again, I just wanted to tell the world that yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. It's not that I just believe in him. He is the only thing in this world worth believing in. His word is the most free words that you'll ever hear. They're for our spirit. They're for all those that he has called. This message truly is only to his children. And I choose to believe that if you're hearing this message that you are his child and you might not be aware of it yet. But I don't believe anyone can hear what Christ is offering to mankind but ever turn away from it. If they heard it in the context in which it was given. Here's the context. to 
flowing to the top of the wine press of souls as your pressure and your goodness comes down. The press of your foot at every stop. I hear the rhythm. The beat of your heart is getting closer as the last preparations for the feast has begun. I see my king so excited that he joins in the fun. He's dancing in the press, trotting all his enemies under his feet. The wine's going to be delicious. gathered in the press. The pressure. Don't fear. Only the best parts of the grape remain. If we nurtured in his word, we will be delicious. Our king will bear fruit from our lives, from the love that flows from his word. Others will testify of it. We will be his delight, and he will be ours. Consumed in the Father's love. 
his son who has saved me. For 30 years since he has made himself known to me, he has continually transformed not just my life and landscape, but my heart and my mind to the degree where I know that his word is true. He truly did come to the earth, and this is his word that he's given us. And the report of his apostles and disciples and prophets are not just true, but are happening even before our eyes. So when people come to me about questions about what I see is going on, I'm constantly reminded of his word, and I constantly go back to it to see if I can get a glimpse of what is going on because if it's true it's in his word it's already written about the things that go on in this world are not accidents or coincidence these clever words that skeptics like to introduce to mankind these are things that God has ordained that he has prophesied about and one of the ways that he shows himself to be God is that he speaks of things that are going to happen right down to the point of timing and events that when they happen, we know that we just heard a prophet that spoke to the only one that can see the future, who is almighty. And in the past, he's spoken in all these years, since the beginning of time and man through his prophets to us and men who are paying attention or his people that are actually honoring him according to his word have documented he has fulfilled all the promises and the events that would transpire before they would occur were already foretold and this gave his people an advantage and so this is why I make this message today and I speak to all my brothers and sisters out there those that know him and those that soon will know him that it's time to pay attention It's time to listen to his word completely and forsake your fathers and your mothers of this earth that have tried to sabotage his word and make it their own, excluding people because of race or for profit. I don't think we need to point fingers at people or name the people that have done these things because their work is obvious, not just the relics, but there's still emotion today. Anyone that contradicts God's word and contradicts his Christ and says that he is his disciple is a liar, including me, including you. Now, calling someone a liar, these are strong words, but if it's true, the strength is not in the word, but in the truth. And if you're a liar, you can turn from it unless you're Satan, for he's the father of lies, and that's the only language he speaks. But as for my brothers and sisters that have come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, who have their lives transformed by an introduction of his spirit that came and saved their souls from the misery or the bondage that they found themselves in, that recognized that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he sets the captives free because they once were one like I was. We were captivated in our own sin and now we've come to the truth and the knowledge of him who has set us free, not 
by men's deeds but by his spirit because that's what we were in bondage to begin with we were in bondage in our spirits and our souls to our own lust to our own appetites to our own fears these things were the things that were driving us to commit sins in secret or even openly depending on if it was popular the things that we now are ashamed of used to be the things that used to drive our minds and keep us going and wake us up in the morning to go sin some more you have come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMessiah, the men of God, Elohim, his son, and you have been illuminated and freed by his love from all these bondages that seem to be so fun, but just were lies and death traps of lies. You've experienced the pain of them, and so have your victims, all those that you participated in your sins, all reap the same consequences of pain and disappointment just like you have and if you find yourself in that place you need to know that there is a place opposite of it and that it's real and maybe you not won't find it in a church because the church preaches Christ but doesn't live Christ what I mean by that they use his name but they don't live according to his word or nor is his word inside of them to live it and I'm not talking about judging people that are striving to serve the Lord because no one's perfect and will be perfect when he returns. And that day is going to be glorious when we all shed this flesh and all the lust that's in it and be able to walk freely in our spirit with no temptations or no desires contrary to his word rising up inside of ourselves. That's going to be a wonderful day and that's the hope that Christ has given us and that's the hope that should rise us every day that Sunday we will be perfected like him and that we will stand before him justified because of his work not because of our own but we have this hope inside of us because the life that he lived was real and not just the life he lived was real but the death that he died was real for us that we could be partakers of the world to come so What's going on in this world? I know it might be a lot for people that don't understand spiritual things because you're spiritual dead, but I'm not speaking to the dead. I'm speaking to those who are alive. And I'm asking you to live, not by your word, but by his spirit. His spirit isn't instructing anyone to contradict his word in thought or deed. If you're not walking in love towards your brother, you are walking in sin. If you are still trying to divide the nations by race, then you are dead because his word clearly says that even in the flesh, we are birthed from one. And it's obvious. If someone finds himself in this flesh, they feel the same thing you feel. I don't color, care what color it is on the outside. And you know it to be true. So anything that you do to manipulate that truth that hurt those around you, pretending they're not sensitive and care like you are, the only thing I can say is that Maybe you're never going to be his. Maybe you're just the devil's. But if you're in his body pretending to be something you're not, huh, I fear for your eternity unless you repent. Working in his fields. Working for Satan, literally. It's one thing to be blind, but to be in his field. Deceiving. Trying to destroy his work. <laughs> That's for another discussion. But the time that we're in right now, we're at the end. And it's time for believers who actually have received this grace and this love that I speak of through Jesus Christ to walk in 
and what does that mean to walk in it? That means to lower your head and lower your chin to stop walking around and taking pride and joy and, and credit for things you haven't done. Anyone that's in Christ, everything we have is because of what he's done. And anything that we have is spoken by him. There's no new books. There's no new words to be spoken. It's all in his word. There's no new revelation. The revelation is that his word is true. Believe it. When you believe it, it'll change your life. There's nothing to be added. Only thing men have done is try to hide it and try to deceive and try to rewrite it and add words to bring confusion to people. That's all they've done. But they still haven't abused the power and, and God's ability to bring his, us his word truthfully. The Dead Sea Scrolls, all these manuscripts coming out in our time, that's for us. That's for us no longer to be deceived by the things they held back from us. The truth of God's word and his will for us. That we would be illuminated by the faith that we put in Jesus Christ and that we would be transformed. Transformed, not staying the same, not walking in the same lust of our mind and our flesh, but walking in the spirit. Transformed beings, walking in love just like our king did just like our king did with the father and his spirit walking into the truth of his love not just by word but with action loving one another being kind to one another helping those around us that are in need not gossiping trying to find some reason to exclude somebody out pretending that the things that you're judging them on don't work inside of you taking your pride and taking somebody else's accomplishments and making your own because the color of their skin i mean what kind of demonic game is this this has nothing to do with Christ and anyone that tries to produce and say that this is his word and this is what they're following are liars. Christ has brought people to him that have been humbled by the grace that we have been shown by his life, not the things that we can do, but recognizing that there's nothing we could do, but he did it all for us. What a gift, what a hope, what a love love unspeakable that God would give his son for sinners that sinners would became become sons and daughters of God by his grace not by our works by just putting our hope in the life that he already lived the work is already done you don't need to go to a priest or pastor to be forgiven of your sins and you definitely don't need to give him any money because Christ gave it freely to all anything that tries to manipulate this truth is a perversion it's from the devil I don't care who speaks it. Christ's already spoken. You can't serve God and money. You either love one and hate the other, but you can't serve both. Christ has destroyed the value of money. He's put all value on him and his life and his words. God has destroyed all the value of money. He's put all the value on your faith, your faith. Your faith, what you believe, what you govern your life by. If it's not by her, his word, you poor. You're starving and you don't even know it. And I tell you that not to be mean. But the time is coming when all of those who feed on anything but his word are going to be utterly disappointed. Our king is coming. If you haven't paid attention. His word is being fulfilled right in our face, all around us. They're doing everything he said they would do before his return. Believers, we need to look up. Brothers and sisters, we need to act like them. We need to stop putting our retirement on the stock market and start putting our retirement in heaven. In our hopes and what God has spoken of. These streets of gold. 
eternal peace and love and happiness that came with a great price but we get to receive the benefits of let us not forget the great price that none of us paid for but all of us that have received this love rejoicing bless you my brothers and sisters it's time it's time to wake up and prepare our hearts and our minds and our lives for his return what season we're in prepare you go